0: Welcome to Regular Dudes Investing, a podcast with regular dudes, break down and discuss stocks, news, and efforts to help regular people like yourself become a bit more financially savvy. I'm your host, Moses Hightower. And just like you, I'm trying to get this money. So let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of Regular Dudes Investing. I'm your host, Moses Hightower. I am back in California. Uh, Recently, I went to... Houston and a 10-day trip that was supposed to be fun exciting and amazing turned into a slight disaster still had a good time but uh with the winter storm that came through it was difficult having to load up your bathtub with water so you can have precious resources to survive for a couple of days and grocery stores having lines out and I went there to have fun and next thing you know I am actually uh, a victim of mother nature So I'm glad to be back in California. Now I'm currently moving to a new resident, uh, packing and doing a lot of work. So uh, I try to sneak in a podcast in between. First off, I want to thank all my listeners for for tuning in to regular dudes investing podcasts. Uh, I got people from all over the world listening. I want to thank uh, my local family and people in the Virgin Islands, USVI, uh, people in the United Kingdom, folks in Canada. Bulgaria. I did not expect to see Bulgaria on my list of individuals listening to my podcast, but I am glad you're listening. Folks in Sweden, thank you. And then I got United Arab Emirates. I'm assuming that's some of my deployed friends. Italy. Hong Kong. I don't know anyone in Hong Kong, but I absolutely appreciate you in Hong Kong. And you know what? Spread the word. Uh, Tell your friends to listen to Regular Dudes Investing. And the Philippines. uh, For my little Filipino peeps, I thank you out there for listening too. Ball is life. All right. In this episode, I want to talk more about vehicles, cars. There's a lot of vehicles moving into the EV space. And I think I need to cover some of those. Uh, people are investing into the wrong things. They're assuming that there's a hype stock. They can just invest into it and it should do exactly what they want. The market doesn't do everything you want it to do, it does what it wants. You do not control the market. Therefore, you need to have a better approach. For instance, Workhorse. A lot of people have been telling me they love Workhorse, they invested into it, and they were relying on this contract with the U.S. Post Office. Well, they were relying, they were hoping, and you know what? It did not come true. So Workhorse did not get their contract with the U.S. Post Office. Uh, The stock dropped, harshly, and reality set in. The stock was up mostly based on hype, speculation, instead of factual information. A good balance sheet is something you need to look at, people. Uh, You can't bet on hope, hope will get you nowhere. you need need to know facts and numbers. The contract was given to Oshkosh Corporation, ticker symbol, O-S-K. Uh, They awarded them with a $482 million uh, contract to modernize uh, the dilapidated fleet. Um, And this contract was meant to be for 10 years. The contract contract is to build about 50,000 to 165,000 vehicles within 10 years. And the entire contract is estimated to value $6 billion. Even with that deal, one company i did not expect to see on the list to be a part of that deal ford now for those who know me know that i have beef with ford but ford is making good changes they're trying to reduce costs and they're also sitting here being part of deals that originally wasn't for them so ford and oshkosh are both going to be part of this contract it's really oshkosh but ford now is going to be making their engines for oshkosh so ford right now is having behind the scenes deals i know they're also invested into rivion which is supposed to be an electric vehicle so is amazon but i like to see what ford's doing they're actually still profitable and slight slight increase in uh or slight bump in the revenue as an engine supplier for oshkosh i see ford making you know some money out of this and it's a good trend for them uh, get the feet wet get back into making things like they used to and potentially even increasing their their actual profit value but workhorse wasn't the only one that declined Tesla also declined. A lot of people were selling because they felt it was too high. Uh, Everything else in the market was dropping. So a lot of people wanted to decide to sell. But why? Why are you selling Tesla? They're one of the best EV companies out there. The best because there's no real competition out at this moment. Well, while everyone was trying to sell, Kathy Wood from ARK Invest was buying. It's clear that recent purchases of Bitcoin by Tesla will affect their prices. ARK Invest, though, bought $171 million in Tesla. That's a lot of shares. And they bought them around the mid-700s. Tesla also recently cut the price of their Model 3 and Model Y because they see steep competition coming into the effect and they're trying to compete against those guys. So while everyone else is selling, Kathy Wood and ARK Invest is buying. Listen, I'm no professional, but if I'm going to be listening to somebody, it ain't going to be my friends. It's going to be Kathy Wood. Another recent EV company that dropped is Lucid Motor. Now, Lucid Motor, they have a very sleek design, beautiful car. Um, I think they have a chance of actually doing really well. But the problem is, is that they too were up on hype. People were buying it because of a car that they saw that they felt was going to be competition. So recently, Lucid Motor, after they did their SPAC or reverse merger, um, saw a slight correction in the prices. The stock was overvalued. The company released that they were going to have about 1.6 billion shares for the company. Well, around the time, the stock was about $60 a share. You do the math. Take 1.6 billion shares, or just 1.6 billion, and multiply it by 60. And you're going to get about almost $100 billion. Now, why is it worth $100 billion when a company like GM is worth $72 billion? And they actually have vehicles, and they're profitable, and they're selling vehicles and Lucent Motor hasn't sold one vehicle. You gotta look at the market cap, people. You can't just look at the price of the stock and say, hey, it's cheaper than this stock. You have to look at the market cap to see the total value of the company. Otherwise, you're overpaying for something that's not worth what you're paying for. So all the guys who bought it high and are now sitting on these stocks as bag holders wondering why they have a $60 share price mark that they bought it at for a $30 stock and wondering why they're sitting on it and why it hasn't gone back up is because you are buying something that's not worth anything they haven't produced anything there's no product yet there is a design but it hasn't been released so until something's been released and they're actually seeing some type of profit or revenue you're just sitting on an empty shell of a company something i should have touched on before um last week is on earnings per share now i, I did touch and p e ratio and i did slightly touch on earnings per share last week i covered uh, p e ratio i should have probably done earnings per share first but you know what doesn't matter. You you still learn something. So this week, I want to touch on earnings per share. And it kind of will enhance your understanding of PE ratio, because now you're going to understand what each share stands for. So what is earnings per share? Well, earnings per share is the profit divided by the shares or earnings divided by the number of shares. That way you can get how much you're making per share. So this just tells you how profitable a company is. This tells you if the company is doing well. Uh, These are to compare... Prior years and analyst estimates, because whenever an analyst has an estimate of earnings per share that they expect a company is supposed to make the next quarter or the next year, you can compare it to that. Now, if they beat those estimates, then the company's doing well. Forward earnings or prior earnings or, you know, to show year over year growth, if the company is not beating those prior numbers or analyst numbers, then that dictates that the company may not be doing so well. These earnings are announced during quarterly earnings and annual reports, and the companies would disclose why they missed their target or why they beat their target and how they would either beat or fall short of future targets. So you want to listen to a lot of these quarterly earnings. Companies tell you straight up what the company is doing. They give you so much insight, but most people don't listen to quarterly earnings. If you're really going to put all your money into a company, you probably want to know what that company's actually doing. Stay up to date with your company. Learn what your company's doing. Understand what they're doing inside and out. That way, long term, you can stick with them and you can actually be profitable in what you're doing. Otherwise, you're kind of just throwing money blindly at a company not knowing what they're doing. And there's free information. I get my quarterly earnings reports sent to me in my mail because whatever stocks I own, Charles Schwab, I'm not advertising for them. But they send me all of that stuff. And also, sometimes I go online, I try to find reports and I just put an audio uh, read on my iPhone and let it read to me. I don't receive everything mentally, but the tidbits of information that does come through is enough for me to realize whether or not I want to stick with the company or sell the company. The more information you know about the company, the more you will know whether or not you should keep or sell. And that is the key to being a good investor. If you want to be a day trader, that's different. But if you're a long-term investor like me and you want to hold on to a company because you feel like over the next 10, 20, 30 years, that it's going to be very profitable. Like if you know you invested into Netflix in the early 2000s or Amazon and you just feel like, you know what, I'm going to stick with this company, continuously reinvest and watch it grow. Then why not just make sure you know what your company's doing and stay on top of them. But behind the scenes, one card that I'm actually interested in purchasing into is fisker now fisker uh if you remember uh, he actually worked for tesla one point designing vehicles and also uh back in the days when he tried to create his own car company it kind of fell apart uh if i can recall they were using a a123 battery i actually invested in that when as an early investor when i didn't know what the hell i was doing and i lost some money in there huh go figure um, I remember the president at the time was discussing um, batteries, companies, and stuff like that they were gonna save because they're all about clean energy and saving these companies right after the recession. Well, A123 went out of business and that was the sole supplier of batteries to Fisker. And what happened? You have a car that's an electric vehicle that has no battery, you don't have a product. So they had to scratch and they went under. And here they are uh, revisiting the industry again and this time the industry is better. I think Fisker has a really good chance, but the really cool thing is Fisker is talking about teaming up with Apple. So the Apple car may be made with Fisker. Uh, they've already talked to Foxconn, who actually is Apple's uh, manufacturer for the phones and stuff like that, so uh, I'm already looking forward to seeing this. This is one speculation that actually has my peak interest because anything Apple is involved with, listen, I'm recent uh, converter to uh, Apple, so don't judge me if you're one of those Android people who are saying that Apple is a cult. But honestly, I like how intuitive the system is. I'm sorry, I can't convert to Android back at all. I'm done. Uh, so for people who love Apple, uh, like myself, um, the blue screen crew, we, we tend to want to have everything um, intuitive, everything user-friendly. Why do I want to get all these additional things that don't work properly? I want Apple Play and everything. So if Apple can create or help design a car, from the ground up with their specs and things that they want to the car. I'm looking at this car being as one of the most technologically advanced um, entertainment system all in one in a vehicle. One of the most technologically advanced vehicles uh, entertainment wise, all wrapped up in one. So this is something I Would love to see whether or not it's going to happen, I don't know, but it's definitely worth a a shot playing at that. So my eyes are on Fisker. But the company I want to talk about for this week is a company that I actually am surprisingly into. Most people would think that I'm into a lot of these smaller EV companies or even Tesla. I do like Tesla and I do have my shares in Tesla and I will not sell. Uh, As far as Tesla as I'm concerned, diamond hands because Tesla is in so many things. People look at Tesla as a car, they're not just a car people. They're not just a car. They are a technology conglomerate. They're making power grids. They're making solar panels. They're making cars. And if you just go on YouTube and you look at a few videos of what they're doing, Tesla even has uh, an insurance platform for their cars. They have one of the safest cars because they're autonomous driving. And now they're going to have an insurance Uh, branch of their company insuring their own cars and they know how safe the cars are and the chances of a car crash is very low compared to you know a traditional driver so tesla is is venturing out to so many different things it's ridiculous you got to dig deeper into the company instead of just looking at just a car company but a car company or pure play car company i should say that i'm looking at is gm gm is currently around 52 dollars a share it might go up and down by the time this podcast is released so don't Don't quote me or judge me on that. GM announced at the end of January that they will be um, getting rid of all diesel and gas-powered vehicles. That is their mission. No more. No more internal combustion vehicles. EV, which is currently about 3% of the market, uh, is small, but yet the trend is there. And GM realizes that if they don't convert over, they're going to be behind. And nobody wants to be the guy trying to catch up. I mean, think about like HP or BlackBerry you know, behind the curb on smartphones when Apple came out. Everybody else was converting. Once people saw that they had a touchscreen and everything like that, everybody converted. I mean, yeah, Samsung and whatever else these Android phones were that came out at the time, everybody knew that touchscreen was it. And some other people just kind of stuck with the old ways, thinking like, why, why do I want to convert? Well, you don't convert, you don't adjust, you get left behind, and you're going bankrupt. GM, they're even saying that by 2025, they will have 30 EV. That's right, 30 electric vehicles that they will have out in, in the world to drive. That's a lot of vehicles in the next four years. Is it possible? I mean, if they're saying it, there has to be. But you have to think about it, GM is not just making, you know, their cars for GM, they're also making cars with other countries. Um, for instance, right now, in China, GM has a joint venture selling a vehicle that's only worth about $5,000. I mean, that's not much. You're talking about a really small EV with air condition, but it's beating the Model 3. Right now, the Model 3 is selling about 14, a little under 14,000 vehicles in China. The GM, whatever this little car is that they're venturing with, is selling about 26,000 cars a year. So that's that's a lot. That's almost twice the amount. So GM does have a play and have some experience in selling EVs, and they are already beating the price point that uh, Tesla is trying to beat. Tesla is trying to come out with a more affordable car, and here it is. GM actually has one that's in China a lot of people don't realize about gm's technology with the altrion project Uh, it's about a 20 billion dollar investment that they did Uh, gm is creating a skateboard technology i want to say skateboard is it's literally the chassis for the vehicle and that is their model design Uh, they can do horizontal or vertical stacking so they can stack the batteries uh, modularly vertical or horizontal and the reasons why is because they can use it for different spacing when they do this they can have a vehicle if they're going to do vertical They could do for vehicles that are gonna be more high ceiling type vehicles, like, you know, the Hummer or any type of SUV. If it's gonna be a load to the ground car, like a Corvette, then it could do horizontal. Tesla says that this type of technology is, to them, I guess, maybe a little primitive and it's behind the curb. So they're going away from that, but for GM, they're using it right now. Uh, currently, GM is fighting to get the battery cost under a hundred kilowatts, uh, hundred dollars per kilowatts, I should say. Um, at this pace, they—it's going to be a while. It's probably going to be in the next four or five years before they can get that. Tesla's already talking about they can get it there. GM and LG is doing a joint venture project to be able to do this, and I think GM can actually possibly get their prices down. It's only going to take a matter of time with mining and uh, reengineering and this technology. Just like any, le- just like any electronic uh, advancement, you're going to see prices dropping as the technology advances. Don't sleep on GM with their skateboard technology. Don't overlook them. They're going to be one of the biggest EV companies in the world uh, right before your eyes. 30 vehicles is a lot. I don't know any other company with 30 electrical vehicles. Think about it. Tesla has about five. Like I said, GM is about $52 a share. Um, expected revenue is supposed to be $147 billion. In the third quarter, they beat the quarterly earnings by 105%, and in the fourth quarter, they beat their expected earnings by 20%. This is just showing that GM is doing better than people are expecting them to do. Um, the net income is about $6.2 billion. Now, the reason why I'm saying all those numbers is because another company that I feel is overpriced is Neo. Everybody keeps talking about Neo. And how they're the next car of the future, and they're going to be Tesla in China. But Neo doesn't make much money. Neo is worth about seventy-eight billion dollars. Why? They have a few cars. They sell about seven thousand cars a year. And here it is: GM is selling way more than them. Neo has, in in twenty twenty, their revenue was about two point forty-eight uh, billion dollars. In twenty twenty-one, they are expect to be four point nine six billion. Um, that's revenue. That's money coming in. That's not even profit. Their earnings per share. Okay, now we just talked about earnings per share. Neo's earning per share is negative 44. That's for every share, which is $49 a share. They're losing $44. Why would you want to buy a company that's losing that much money? Right now, they're losing so much money. I mean, everything you put in is going straight to Neo to their technology advancements. They're, they're broke. They need you to keep investing. Otherwise, they're going to go broke that they can't sustain that. So why would you buy a company that has a negative $44 a share when GM is actually profitable making 4.33 per share? So I think with the reduction of battery costs and advancements of the technology, I think GM is actually a good play. Like I said, they got about 30 cars coming out in the next five years or four or five years. And GM is actually going to be a threat, an American threat and even international threat. The fact that they're selling more EVs you know, Even though it's a small vehicle and it's not that profitable compared to Tesla, it seems that they have a niche, something that Tesla is still trying to do because Tesla is actually trying to make a more affordable car. So if GM has a foothold in that, maybe they can keep that and maybe they can expand on that. And while on the same topic, another company that is kind of involved with this is Lordstown Motor. Now, ticker symbol of Ride or IDE, uh, Lordstown Motor is coming out with their truck. Uh, they've already pre-sold 100,000 vehicles, or I should say they did a pack because they're selling more in bulk. Now don't forget GM still has a hand in Lordstown Mortar. So even with them selling, GM is still making money. Lordstown Mortar already pre-sold 100,000 vehicle. The range that it can go is equivalent of 75 miles per gallon. Yes, I know it's not using gas, but in equivalent of the charge, that's about how much you're getting per, per your charge is equivalent of 75 miles per gallon. They chose to sell more fleet, Bulk sales to companies first, instead of buying selling to you know individuals. That way, they can get a lot of them out. And usually, when it comes to companies, when they buy a fleet, they want the same color, same this, same that. Uh, everything kind of more standard. So it's a lot easier for them to push out these vehicles in the same bulk manner instead of trying to do individual designs and seatings and things like that. When they can just make everything exactly the same. So it'll be quicker, faster, easier, and cheaper. So at these prices. I think GM is a good play. You're talking about a company that's in a 70-something billion dollar range uh, market cap compared to all these other companies who are in the exact same range that aren't even making a product yet. They're still behind the curve. So why invest your money into all these other EV companies that are overpriced, that haven't produced anything, when GM is actually making something and they're they're dedicating themselves to actually converting to EV? So GM in the next few years won't be a gas company it'll be an EV company and some people argue and say that oh GM can't do that the thing is it is not financially sound to have two assembly lines making both gas and diesel and then you still have another assembly line to make electric vehicles it's just not cost effective it's a lot easier for companies especially assembly line companies to make one product the same or as much the same as possible. So at some point, GM has to realize that this has to change. And so will other people. Uh, Ford is going to have to do the same. Everyone has to. There's no point in making gas-powered cars and electric vehicle cars on the same assembly line. There's too many different engineers. There's too many different workers. It's, it's too big of a building. You're just cut into your own profit. And eventually, with the battery technology advancing, it's going to get cheaper and cheaper. So it's going to be more cost-effective to sell EVs as opposed to gas-powered cars. And think about all of the technology that goes into building an engine as opposed to a module battery. And if you want your vehicle to be stronger, you just add more motors. That's how EV works. You just add another DC motor. You have one motor you can put in a car. You're gonna put a truck, have two motors, maybe even three. So for me, right now these prices, I think GM is a steal. I know the chip shortage is causing them to have their price drop a little bit. I know the recent market drop is causing their price to drop as well. but At $52 a share, I like GM. And if I can get in the $40 range, I'd buy GM. I'm not telling you to buy it, but for me, GM is on my watch list and it's going to be in my portfolio shortly. I'm just waiting for it to have another dip. I would love to see it in the $40 range uh, before I get in. But if not, you know, I might buy a little bit now, a little bit later. Sometimes the market doesn't give you the price that you want. And remember that the market doesn't work in your favor, it does what it wants. So for me, I might buy a little bit now, and if it drops, I'll buy a little bit more. If it continues to go up, then, you know, at least I got in. But that's it for me. I want to thank everybody for listening, and I'm not just thanking all the people who are international. I'm also thanking my U.S. listeners, too, and my friends and family and everyone who's actually tuned in to listen to my podcast. I really appreciate you guys actually taking your time to actually listen to the things I have to talk about when it comes to stocks. Um, I appreciate... Uh, family members who are actually putting my name out there to their friends. I know in Texas, my nephew Elijah is telling his co-workers uh, about my podcast. And it's actually entertaining to have people write me on Twitter and inbox me, ask me questions. And it's it's fun. It's exciting. I'm just a regular guy talking about stocks. And, you know, I'm trying to be as relatable to people when it comes to these things, because this is difficult. It's difficult to understand sometimes. And you just need somebody to simplify things, make you realize that, hey, what am I missing? What am I overlooking? Um, we don't need to make stock so difficult at times. It's as simple as you want it to be. So for me, I'm trying to help the the small guy, the beginners, uh, trying to understand what they're doing so they can be better investors. We can all grow together and I actually appreciate what you guys are doing for me. So thank you for tuning in again. This is Moses Tower, Regular Dudes Investing, and I'm out. Regular dues investing is not legally bound to any investment strategies. All decisions fall strictly on the investor as information from regular dues investing is solely for entertainment purposes.